Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to us on HerFantasyFootball.com so you can get our newsletter. Also, don't forget to look at our rankings before you set your lineup for week three. And a friendly reminder, make sure to tune into our radio show on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Network from 9 to 11 Eastern on Saturday night. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby, and I am here with my sisters, Ashley Williams and Brandon Marianne Lee. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Oh, she's, she's dancing. dancing. She's dancing. We didn't even get that late of a start, Brand. You're already dancing. Catch Hi. us on catch us on YouTube. We're there. I'd advertise it, but I don't think we should. Hmm. All right. <laughs> week three. Ladies, how'd you do in week two? Not my best week. Not my best week either, Ashley, I must mm. say. And I blame it on the NFL. I think it's not their best week. It's not me. It's them. Right? Well, yeah. Zeke with the zero certainly didn't help out. I can tell you that. Greg Olson getting hurt, that didn't help. I had a few injury situations, which was not lovely. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to say this, and I think this is a, an important little quiz section here at the top of the show. Who is the number one scoring quarterback in fantasy right now? Alex Smith. That's correct. Who's number two? Trevor Simeon. That is correct. Who's number three? Carson Wentz. Correct. See, this is crazy. Ashley, first of all. Ashley. <laughs> Way to do yeah. some research. Way to do some research. We'll see notes later in this show that says mm-hmm. this, I think. <laughs> no, no Tom Brady. Yeah. No Aaron Rodgers. No, I mean, it's just insane. But the worst ones are actually running back and wide receiver. Who's the number one running back in the league right now? Is Chris Thompson, right? No, no, it's and it's not Kareem Hunt either. It is Kareem Hunt. Is Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, is actually Kareem the Hunt. highest yeah. scoring fantasy person, yeah. including quarterbacks yeah. in the league right now, which yeah. is crazy. We got forty points in one game, so right. But then he got twenty-two the following, so he did okay. He did. He did. Okay. Okay. That was in standard okay. settings. Uh, and he, the guy also has eight receptions. So uh, okay, so who's number two in running backs? I want to say is it Chris Thompson. It's Todd Gurley. Then it's Ty Montgomery. Then it's CJ Anderson. Then it's Mike Gillisley. Then it's Chris Thompson. Where's Le'Veon Bell, you may ask? What about Ezekiel Elliott? David Johnson's on IR. Like, what is going on? Wide receiver. Who's the number one wide receiver right now? Is it Crabtree? Yes, it is. Who's number two? Sanders. JJ Nelson. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Then yes. it's Tyreek Hill, even though he stunk it up last week. And then it's Antonio Brown. But then yeah. it's Jermaine freaking Curse. You guys, what is going on around the league? So it's not just your team, you guys. I'm literally naming people that you maybe took in the 10th round, 10th through 14th round, maybe, that are the top producers after two weeks of football. So don't lose your marbles. Don't throw the studs out with the bathwater. We got to just take a deep breath. Unless maybe we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks, but we got to take a deep breath. Let it go. And and the thing is, too, is that the good thing about all of that is, is that most likely nobody else is playing those guys either. So right. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> They're all on waiver wires with their 80, 100 points. I mean, not obviously some of them, but, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. Well, for some of us that are in really deep leagues that have really deep benches, 
some of them are playing those guys because they had to and it was just a dart throw and it paid off for them. We're, we're all playing those guys and you don't know who's going to boom that week. And for me, they're just not booming on my team. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. Um, and that goes along with like Russell Wilson, yeah. Doug Baldwin, Calvin Benjamin, Cam Newton. It's like there's plenty of guys that aren't booming that should be booming. I mean, I yeah. had the debate this last night, as you know, you're, you're putting your waiver wire picks in and I'm like, oh, I've got to replace Cam Newton, Alex Smith or Trevor Simeon, Alex Smith or Trevor Simeon. And I like debate, <laughs> you know, and that's a legit debate. Uh, and it is a legit, like, I, I'm not playing Cam Newton this week. I won't do it to myself again. I got yeah. beat out on the waiver wire with Trevor Simeon. So I was not pleased there, but I got to look did, another option. Did Carson get him? I think Carson really put in for Trevor Simeon. I think, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see who got it. Cause I Carson just didn't. went all in on his, my husband went all in on Trevor Simeon in his leagues this week. And I said, yo, I'm, I'm with you, but like, you should really use your waiver wire picks on running backs and wide receivers. But he was just so dire. He just could not stop. He was like, no, I'm obsessed. He just completely believes in Trevor it's Simeon. Week, it's week long. three. It's week three. I'm sorry. I'm, as a Broncos fan, we all just need to take a step back. I agree. Take I, I, dis- I disagree. Well, we're going to get into that we're later in the show, it. of course. But I, I mean, I'm just saying that against the Bills, though, how many points do they need to score? Five? I mean, literally, you guys, they could beat the Bills by scoring five points, th- a field goal and a safety. I, I, and I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I'm saying they're not going to ask him to throw it 40 times in the game. That's all. I mean, that's, yeah, just, that's there unnecessary. Is, there is chemistry in the air with that team. Oh, I agree with that. I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. We'll get into it on the section, though, but... Trevor well, Simmons, MVP, baby. There's chemistry in the air with this team. Super Bowl champs 2017, right? The Los Angeles Rams. Woo! Woo! The San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Yep. Get it, Brandon. All right. So um, I think this is finally a good matchup for the Rams in a way that we can get slightly excited. Um, Todd Gurley has had good moments. He's also looked pedestrian, you guys. It's kind of gone back and forth, to be entirely frank. But one thing that cannot be denied is that he is a volume play and he is at the top of the fantasy charts right now. So saying that you can... um, trade high on him right now maybe but i also like for who i mean at this point for who so um i don't know how to feel about that last week in fact he was kind of the entire offense against washington carried the ball 16 times for 88 yards and a touchdown and then he caught four of his or i'm sorry three of his four targets for 48 yards and a touchdown uh the running situation in the league as i said is dire right now so i think you just hold steady and ride the todd Gurley train if you can uh Greg Zerline kicked for 17 points in week one and nine in week two. Uh, they should get excellent field position with San Francisco. So Legatron, go get it. I told you last week to do it. And man, also I dropped Vinatieri for Legatron. I think it's right because they're going to be able to move the ball, but they may not be able to get a touchdown. I think this yeah. is a legit Shelly, kicker situation. This is, a good, this is a good offense for everybody involved. Maybe not touchdown heavy offense, but they're going to get you the yards and they're going to get you the field goals. And that is, that's money making. And quick, 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 quick note on that is that I am outrageously high on Greg Zerline compared to our counterparts. I think I have him 10 spots higher than everybody else. And I think it's warranted. I don't understand why he's so low. So don't be surprised when you're looking 
come Saturday, Sunday, you're signing your lineups and he's not projected high. I, I don't know what the deal with the rest of the industry it's is. It's sticker shock. It's, it's not a terrible matchup, but it's a rant. It is. Get over it, people. It's a new year. warrant the higher position. I think he's going to have a good yeah. game. And by the way, I'm also going to go with the Los Angeles Rams defense again, going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who have only scored 12 points over the last two games combined. So field goals. That's, that's pretty decent. Um, sleepers, Gerald Everett. You guys, I talked about him last week, and it came through. So in week one, he caught his lone target for 39 yards. And then in week two, he caught all three of his targets for 95 yards. He looks super dynamic. However, he did leave the game with a thigh injury. He is questionable, so keep your eye on it. But he is a stash if you're in a weird tight end situation. So we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, throughout the show. Cooper Cup, uh, if you watch the game, he played amazing. He had this one like spin around move in this one play and then another one where he did a diving catch that was almost a touchdown. But the problem is, is that Jared Goff looks at Cooper Cup the way I would look at Cooper Cup if I met him. It's with eyes of love and like he's a well-made steak. He has to stop that because that's how he's getting the interception. Like he stares down Cooper Cup so that all the defenders know where he wants to go. He just can't stop staring at him. Now, hopefully Sean McVay is going to look at the same tape that we are and he's going to say, Goff, can you please cut it out? Like, I get it. He's cute and he's young. It's fine. But stop it. Uh, Did you so know that Cooper Cup and his wife moved in with Jared Goff? No, really? Yes. In this yes. off season, yep. Cup I moved in that. with Goff with his wife and they could all be roomies so they could have this bond together. Clearly it works. So, yeah. I mean, so. I, I love it. I, the chemistry is really, you guys, there's no doubt about it. And he was making amazing plays. It just didn't show up in your box score. Don't give up on him. It's going to be fine. They're going up against the Rams uh, or against the uh, 49ers. Jared Goff, again, this is a dart throw. It's the 49ers, you know, possibly this is more of like a DFS GPP player uh, or a two quarterback league play. Um, but again, if, if Everett's out there too, and if he can figure out how to not stare down cup, I'm kind of interested. Um, if you go to Yahoo, they have Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods projected for more fantasy points than Cooper Cup. And I just don't know what games they're watching. I don't <laughs> understand these projections. It's very bizarre. I will say, though, that Sammy Watkins has caught every single target that's come his way. To be fair, he is doing a good job. Also, to be fair, um, he thinks the world is flat, which became a big news story today. And I just feel bad for these athletes. And I just am like, don't answer these questions about science. It just, it's not going to work out. Like, why but he also, didn't he flat? also complain about not getting targeted enough? Yes, that he typically did. is good. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Upside. I will say, though, if he has a killer game, he might be one of the few people on this team that has name upside that you could trade high on and not get yeah. um, low. Uh, and Tavon Austin, I, he shouldn't even be on your team, you guys. I don't understand. He hasn't even scored a full point in standard leagues. And in PPR, there was one time he got 1.8 points. Drop it. Drop him. All right, the 49ers, the Carlos Hyde team, because that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all you got. But he's so good. And while Hyde managed to be the only guy worth owning on the 49ers for two weeks in a row, he managed to nearly double his touches and his yardage, which means double his fantasy points from last week, from week one. So there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the NFL. So for that, Hyde is a starter, even though he plans plays for a terrible offense. You're still starting him. He yeah. still is getting you those fantasy points, so it doesn't matter. In the last two games, the 49ers have only scored 12 points, as we mentioned earlier. All of those points came from their kicker, Robbie Gold, which is not even enough fantasy points for you to pick him up and play him. 
Mm-mm. So no score it, scoring is worth the 49ers. So back to Hyde. You can run on the Rams. Gore may have not had a successful week against the Rams in week one, but Mac, another running back for the Colts, managed to get over 10 fantasy points. And Chris Thompson for the Redskins obviously had the 22.6 fantasy points in standard leagues. Um, so there's plenty of points to go around. Anyways, I'm starting Hyde. It, for sure. Uh, Pierre Garçon. Uh, let's see here. He saw 10 targets in week one, but only caught five or only got five in week two. So I like Garçon, but I think it's too much of a risky play. And he's on the bench for me this week. You guys until Brian Hoyer can do something with his life. I think Pierre Garçon is too risky. The yardage is not coming for him where it's worth it to like, you know, some, some guys, you know, like Antonio Brown, we talked about earlier, he's had a game without a touchdown, but he had over 100 yards receiving. So that's okay. Um, Pierre Garçon is not getting that. So you have to just move on. People just break break it. It's not him, just the offense. Um, Brian Hoyer, yeah, has yet to have a touchdown of any kind. He didn't even have 100 yards last week against Seattle, so – and Seattle's really struggling right now. So that's, that says something. It says something a lot. Oh, man. Well, you guys, we are so, so, so excited. We have a sponsor that um, is backed with our show, and we are pumped. It is HelloFresh. And I actually asked to do this talk because I'm obsessed, and I have am the oldest child, so I'm taking ownership. <laughs> no, but HelloFresh.com, you want to go and check it out. And actually, if you enter the promo code HERFFB30, you're going to get $30 off of your first order. And my husband and I are using it right now because it's football season and my schedule's crazy and his schedule's crazy and we never have time to cook. But it is so, so easy because most of the recipes only take about a half hour to make. So if we do it together, it like cuts the time. It's so super easy and we can actually make time to do that. We've lost a little bit of weight. We are spending less money. It is less than $10 a meal. I am telling you, you have to go and check it out. And just today we had this amazing steak salad um, and it was super easy. And I thought, why don't I make this kind of stuff on my own? It's like chopped up shallots with vinegar and um, olive oil. And then you mix that up as like a vinaigrette. And then you just put in the salad. And then you had like nectarines on top of that. And then just steak. Yummy, yummy steak. So, um, yeah, I just want to talk about it because I'm obsessed. Two dietitians work with them. And it's great. I know Ashley also uses it. I know Courtney uses it. They have family plans. Um, It's uh, kind of absurd. The reason why you don't make it on your own is because – you have to buy these huge, large portions of things because that's the only way they come in the grocery store. But with HelloFresh, they have it all separated out. So you get the exact amount of ingredients that you need to make the meal. Yeah. So no I, waste. No waste. And I love, too, that it comes in these, like, paper bags. You feel like it's, like, all things that you can put in your compost. Literally, everything you could want in a meal delivery service is with HelloFresh. I'm not kidding you. You have to go and check it out. Um, also, you know, it's just light autumn meals that are so yummy with these nectarines and steak. You know, it's just like delicious, but it was still a salad. So it still felt light. It was, it was really cool. So anyway, again, go, it's $30 off with the promo code HERFFB30. And um, I want to thank Courtney for letting me uh, do this because I am personally obsessed and I made a request to do it because she usually takes this. But again, HelloFresh.com, 
per FFB30 is the promo code. Um, thank you. It just made me feel happy inside. It makes me happy. Absolutely. You still, have some of that you still have some of that spinach in your teeth, Brandon. I probably do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I got a kidding. Floss. I'm kidding. I'm My dentist kidding. hates me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Our next matchup, the Baltimore Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Morning game. Wake up. Set your lineups. <sighs> I hate oh, the, right. London game. the London Sorry. game. No uh, British baking show. I mean. That's all I got. It's just such an early morning. Absolutely scrummy that. And it's always Jacksonville. It's like it is. It is. Poor yeah. London. I, I mean Poor London. Poor London. But you know what, Courtney? No, they're not gonna have a game on their hands today. This could get really ugly really quickly, to be honest yeah. with you. But we'll talk about the Ravens first here. So Justin Tucker always love Justin Tucker. Ravens defense, they're looking really good. Um really and they're good. playing an interception happy Blake Bortles. So this could be a huge day. Huge, huge day for Jackson defense. I'm hoping I don't play my husband this week in our family league because he's got the Jacksonville defense. I'm pretty sure it's our league. And I don't want to play against whoever has Jackson's defense this week. We're talking like 30-point game here, I'm anticipating. Jacksonville um, or Baltimore's? Sorry, Baltimore, excuse me. Um, because Jacksonville, well, Jacksonville D has Jackson, a good yeah. defense too. I think they're gonna have a good game too, and I'll get to fair, that. But fair. Uh, so this is a, a double day right here for defenses on this matchup, but Terrence West, he rushed eight times for 22 yards and had a touchdown last week. He also was able to catch two of his two targets for 23 yards. Um, the yardage wasn't really there, but he scored. So you couldn't really be that upset. Now, Terrence West is dealing with a soft tissue injury. And in general, when we say soft tissue injury, this is when you run and hide because usually it's very bad news for you. Um, he is day-to-day, -day and he did not practice today. So... Um, Keep an eye on that and what's going to happen there. That does make it a lot more clear as to why Buck Allen's touch count was increased so drastically last week because of uh, he did incur this injury during the game. Um, so, you know, West will remain the guy as long as he is playing. And while you may lose a couple touches to Allen, I wouldn't worry too much if West is actually playing. Now, Buck Allen, he rushed 14 times for 66 yards and caught five of six targets for 35 and had a touchdown. Um, Yes, it was against the Browns, but still, I think we're going to see this production be pretty on par with him because, again, while Wes is the goal line guy, Buck Allen is replacing that Danny Woodhead role, and so there's plenty of room for both of them. So I like Buck Allen. Jeremy Macklin caught four of his five targets for 31 yards and a touchdown. Now, Macklin seems to be the guy that Flacco is looking for in the red zone. He has scored in both games and thus far is the only receiver that you can remotely consider on this team. The only one, period. End of discussion. Uh, Brashad Perryman, he failed to catch any of his targets last week, uh, which means that he now has only one catch for five yards on eight total targets over the past two games. That is not good enough. I am sorry. You can't be on board with that. And Mike Wallace, he's only caught one of three targets for seven yards last week, and he only had eight yards the week before. So this is just really bad. Like Macklin is literally the only guy you could possibly throw to. Um, ben Watson, hello, we did miss him. He's a sleeper for me. He had a heck of a game. He got all of his eight targets for 91 yards, which was shocking. I actually had him on my bench in my dynasty league because it's one of those guys that you just inherited. And I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna play, I'm not gonna play Ben Watson. Uh, but I should have because outrageous 91 yards. I did not expect that. Now you may want to take that a little bit with a grain of salt because he was only targeted one time last week. 
he was the most targeted receiver um, last week. Sorry, in week one, he was only targeted one time. So last week, he was the most targeted receiver. He had the most yards and the most catches. So I'm okay if you want to throw a dart throw on him this week, because I think Flacco is figuring out, again, his only options really are Watson and Macklin at this point in time. So if you want to throw a dart, especially if maybe you are a Greg Olson owner, uh, and that was a very sad week for me as well, that one hurt, then if you want, that's a pretty, it's a deep, deep dart throw, but it's a tight end position. So I'm okay with you doing some crazy things. Bench, Alex Collins. Uh, John Harbaugh did suggest that he may have earned more playing time. He went on to say, like, if you're playing well, you earn more time. Um, he rushed seven times for 42 yards. How much is more playing time? That I don't know. That's tough to say. I think it'll be dependent on West, but to me, that is way too deep of a dart throw. So don't do that and don't play Flacco. Don't play Flacco. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars? The London home team has to be home for them. Absolutely scrummy that. Um, <laughs> now, Jags defense, as we said, I really like Jags defense this week. Again, this is a team that has that's a little beat up that I don't love necessarily the ball security per se um, that they have. And I think Flacco's going to have some interceptions. So I think the Jags defense is a good play this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he rushed for 40 yards and had a touchdown. He had 14 carries in total. I wish that was a little bit higher, but that's not all that unexpected as they were playing from behind that entire second half. I mean, they basically ran the ball like twice the entire second half, which is the Jags MO, right? This is what we know that they do. Um, so what we're hoping for here is that we have enough junk time, Blake Bortles, where he can get into the red zone and so that Leonard Fournette can just run it in for a touchdown. That is what you are hoping for here because come the second half, the Jags are going to always be behind and they're going to have to throw and they have to abandon the run to some extent. So um, that's just kind of the way that is. Now, Alan Hearns, of course, obviously with the Allen Robinson injury, it's Hearns and Lee. Those are your two receivers on this team. Hearns caught six passes for the game high of 82 yards and had a touchdown on seven targets, but he did not have a single catch until less than two minutes in the third quarter. So again, junk time. But you know what? Be okay with this. This is what that whole Jags offense is. You are literally playing, the only reason you're playing a Jags player other than potentially Leonard Fournette is literally for junk time. That is it. So this is a game that you just can't watch. You just can't do it. Um, and then Marquise Lee, he was at least targeted a lot. I mean, 12 targets. He, he caught seven of them for 76 yards. Um, so at least we could take solace in the fact that the, the volume is there, right? And he's a talented player. So again, these are guys I'm okay if you want to do a, a serious dart throw for a flex on because again, they have that junk potential. And then Bench, just quick mention, Jalen Strawn was picked up off waivers from the Texans. This is of absolutely no fantasy value for you, other than the fact that you may want to know who would be replacing Hearns or Marquise Lee. And I say this because Hearns was limited in practice, so there is a potential chance that Jalen Strong may see a little bit of action, but do not put him in your lineup. Do not do that to yourself. But it's always good to know who's the next man up in case you do need to run to waivers at a deep league. So Jalen's ruining fantasy owners everywhere. Pretty much. Do you think the Jaguars are ruining our relationship with London? It's a chance. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to put it on the Jags. I think there's uh, plenty of other options, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the people, the people in London are like, why do you keep sending us the Jaguars? I mean, if you want to encourage people to be involved with football, why would you send one of the worst organizations to be the home team? It's really sad. I wish they were better. I feel like I like the players on the team. Like I keep yeah. wanting it to be better. We it always say they're going to be better. 
Mm. Their defense is better though. Legitimately, it's better. better. They're not elite like they were in week one, but they are better. So that's good. Yes. All right, fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but not like the other guys. On Draft, you play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long leagues. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one week, and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. I wish other drafts did that. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in real-life snake drafts, just like you play with your friends in season-long leagues. Come and join me on Draft Today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on playdraft.com whatever you want for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use the show's promo code hff that's right play a real money game for free just for using the her fantasy football promo code hff on your first deposit on draft just search draft in the app store or go to playdraft.com and play free for promo code HFF. And I'm going to set up a draft, you guys, this week. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at BrandonHerFFB. It's really fun. Last year I got, or last week I got screwed by Ezekiel Elliott. (laughs) Uh, But I thought that he'd be able to run against the Broncos. I'm the most pessimistic, worst fan ever, I guess. But uh, yeah, so come and follow me on Twitter and I'm going to set up a play draft this week. So Woohoo! All right. Brand at Brandon Her FFB. You can follow Ashley at Ashley Her FFB and myself at Courtney Her FFB. All right. We have game of the week, possibly. Mm-hmm. New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. Not being sarcastic. This is possible. Well, really? maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe not. Disappointed in my yes, book, they have. But... But so have the Saints. <laughs> so you never know. This could be the thing. That is true. Two bads come together. They're Probably to not, good. but we'll, we'll be optimistic here. So we'll do my starts. Drew Brees, it was a home game, so Drew Brees was going to play well. That's just how it is, right? With his home away splits, he always does well at home. So he completed 27 of 45 passes for 356 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but sadly, it's an away game this week. So, and it's a tough matchup. So I would say you should expect about 15 points out of Drew Brees in standard. Well, it doesn't matter as quarterbacks, but uh, in general standard scoring you have for quarterbacks, about 15 points, so I think you're going to get. Michael Thomas, he had, you know, a decent game. You know, he caught five of his 10 targets for 89 yards, but, you know, we need a touchdown out of you, Mr. Michael Thomas. Yes, we do. Um, yeah, expecting a little bit higher numbers than that out of one your, your top wide receiver that you drafted. But the good news is the targets. 10 times last week and eight times in week one. So the opportunity is there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. This is what you want to see, right? You see there are some top receivers that literally, I think like like Doug Baldwin style, is getting targeted five times. That's not the volume that you want to see. That Then you're kind of chancing a few things here. When you're someone that's being targeted 10 times, at least the opportunity is there. So it's going to happen for Michael Thomas. It could maybe happen this week. We'll see. But the issue is my sleepers. And to make people angry, Kobe Fleener and Brandon Coleman have turned into Drew Brees red zone targets, and it is infuriating. 
so irritating. We hate you, Breeze, and them <laughs> for it. Just saying, yes, I am a Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn owner, so I'm maybe a little more bitter than I should be on this. But, um, hey, Felina caught three of his four targets for 33 yards. Again, the yards is not what mattered, but more important is that he uh, had a touchdown last week. And I'm completely fine with touchdown-dependent tight ends. That is what Fleener is this season right now. So if you need a tight end. All tight ends are. For the most Please. part, yeah. But, but Fleener for sure at this point is just touchdown-dependent. And I'm okay with that. You know, Unless you're Travis um, Kelsey or Zach Ertz. It's exactly. all about those are guys baby. that are yardage. Those guys are 90 plus yards a game. But other than that, come on now. But Fleener is kind of it's it's Breeze target right now, which is interesting because we've waited, you know, now to say, okay, well, when's Fleener gonna have that season? And it seems like he's kind of coming to his own a little bit here. Um, so maybe this is the season. So if you need to throw a dart again, Greg Olson, owner out there, Fleener for the most part is not owned, he's out there to get. I'm okay with it. It's a bit of a tough matchup, but again, I'm not as concerned about matchups when it comes to touchdown dependent players, right? Because these are guys that it's just a matter of getting towards the red zone, which they're going to be able to get into the red zone. Uh, and then at that point, it's really, okay, who's he going to look for in the end zone? And Kobe Fleener is who he's looking for. So I'm okay with the fact that it's not a great matchup on paper. Brandon Coleman, the other soul breaker, um, he hauled in four of his six targets for 82 yards and a touchdown. He is a flyer and might lose out on his role when Willie Sneed comes back. But if you're desperate, Coleman is out there for the taking. He's only owned in 3% of Yahoo leagues. So he is out there if you need him. Ted Ginn, he is seeing the targets, six of them to be precise last week, but he's only able to haul three of them in and for 24 yards. So you cannot play Ginn until he proves it to you, period. End of discussion. You can't do it. Alvin Kamara, he is uh, a flex option, catching three of his seven targets for 51 yards, uh, but only if you're in deep leagues. You don't have to worry about the Ingram-Peterson drama when it comes to him because he's just being used in a different fashion, so you don't have to worry about that. But when we talk about Adrian Peterson, the guy only carried – well, he carried the ball eight times. He only got 26 yards. I can't drop him. You need to drop him. I can't drop him. You need to drop him. I can't do it. Why? doesn't feel right. Just doesn't feel right. Really? The second I, I drop him is the second he's going to start playing. It's just Hold on. You can't. can't drop Adrian Peterson when he was physically threatening his coach basically on the sidelines. Like you didn't think that would it's like not NHL. work out for him? I'm sorry. Are there standards? Because I missed that if there were. All right. Yeah. I win. That's yeah. True. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I didn't know that Sean Payton could hate anyone more than Mark Ingram. Until Adrian yes, this Peterson is all, came to this town. This is all good news for Adrian Peterson. Maybe it's I, sorry, for Mark Ingram owners. So, <laughs> well, here's what's so interesting is that <laughs> when when reporters were asking Sean Payton about Adrian Peterson, Sean Payton said, "I don't think we ever discussed featuring him like he was featured in Minnesota." And of that's course not. Lot. That says cares. a lot. But who cares? You so, don't have to feature him like you did in Minnesota. He was the only player in Minnesota. That's fine. But you can use Adrian Peterson. Gosh darn it. He's Adrian Peterson. Like, what? Is he's not, he's that are not, producing. To not him. producing. He wasn't producing Stop last it. year. He's not producing. You do not Stop need to it. use Adrian Peterson. <laughs> you don't. Stop we got this it. fight all Make it work. No. Make it work, people. Make it work. No. You don't. <laughs> Why? You make Why? It work. You bench Peterson and you play Ingram and you play Kamara. That's how you make it work. I agree. Bye. Peterson's not getting it done. And the fact that Peterson thinks he was going to come onto this and he, you know, played it off like, oh, you know, I know it's not going to be the same. Well, clearly he does think he needs more than eight carries. 
And when you're in a three-headed monster, eight carries is actually a decent share of the load. And when you're only producing 26 yards, I'm sorry, it's not cutting it. Some running backs need to get into a rhythm, and I think that's probably how he is, and that's how he's been his entire career, right? Because he's used to getting 20-plus touches a game. I get that. But now things have changed. You're on a team with Drew Brees. More than anything, it's just not a run-first offense. offense. It's a passing offense. So... Um, well, and here's the know. thing too: is Ingram can is also can also catch. Alvin Kamara is your pass catching back. That that's just his role, right? He's filling in for Hightower. They've always had that position there between Sproles, Hightower. You know, uh, what's his name? Um, Reggie Bush. They've always had that guy. That is Kamara. He's separate. He's fine. He's away from them. That yeah. at Ingram Peterson drama. Now we have these guys that need rhythm, but Ingram can also catch the ball. So when you're looking, like you say, Brandon, you've got a pass-heavy offense, well, Ingram just naturally fits into that better than Peterson, period, because of that. And Kamara. Like, literally, he's number three on this list in terms of fitting in. Absolutely. So I will get off my rant of Adrian Peterson and talk about Mark Ingram because I can feel Courtney just being like, I will not drop AP. I felt that way (laughs) like a second last year, and then he got hurt and – made that an easier decision for me. I have zero Adrian Peterson in my life, so I got 99 problems, totally but Adrian Peterson he is ain't not one. one. He is it's, not it's one of mine. It's just like when you have a boyfriend and you're like, God, my boyfriend sucks. It'd be so much easier if he just cheated on me so I could break up with him. That's what I need right now. If AP got hurt, it'd be easier to break up with him, but I can't. It's hard to get hurt on eight, eight touches. There's potential. <laughs> There's a possibility it could get better. It could... I, I, <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Well, here's okay. So let's we're talk about Ingram then. It, it wasn't even getting better. Okay, this is where my mindset is. So just let it be. It okay? wasn't even let getting be. better on the Vikings. You stop it. No, thank you, thank you. It wasn't. I. How long have I had this argument? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. We we do need to move on, but dang it, Courtney. Well, I'm not there yet. All right, I'm not there I'm not yet. There. You don't have to be there. We are encouraging. <laughs> we're encouraging our listeners, our listeners to be there. To be there. <laughs> If you need another week, that's okay. But listeners, you do as we say, not as we do. Yeah. Move on. Jeez. Break, break up with AP. Um, but let's get back to Mark Ingram, right? He also only rushed eight times. But he doubled AP's yards with 52 yards. And he caught four of his five targets for 24 yards. So, again, I am confused why we still need to have these conversations. Granted, 28 yards of that, of the 52, was on one play. But at the same time, AP could have broke off for a play and he didn't. So what I will say is that despite that, he did still play better than AP. And either way, you can only use Ingram as a flex until Sean Payton officially wakes up and reduces AP's targets even less than eight. I think he needs to be at about five, maybe four, maybe zero, but that's not realistic. So I'm going to shoot for five, five touches. And I'm done. Well, now I have to talk about the Panthers. It's like another letdown for me. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Is Santa not real? Gosh. All right, the Panthers. Here we are. All right. There is no way about it that Newton has not been great this year. I get it. I own him everywhere, too. So I get it. In fact, he has actually been really bad against really bad defenses. It's not even like he's gone up against – Tough defenses. It's not the case. Um, It doesn't get any worse that the Saints, though, right? I mean, the Saints are the worst defense in the NFL. Like, here's the deal. If Newton doesn't do well against the Saints, 
we're going to have our AP moment, I guess, and we're just going to have to cut the umbilical cord and let them go. I mean, not let them go, but, you know, find somebody to actually put in your starting lineup, which is really sad. He did get sacked six times last week, poor Newton. Uh, and that's never good for a quarterback. He just got surgery on his throwing shoulder. And you can see that it's affecting him during the game. So they could have to figure out a way to protect Newton for him to be as productive as we want him to be because it kind of looks scary. Um, so I'm, I'm not ex- expecting Brady or Bradford numbers out of him for the saints. I'm just not, but I think he'll do better than what we've had so far. So this week we're still playing Newton, Ashley. So don't, don't fear. Um, and then maybe, yeah, we have to move on. Calvin Benjamin, same thing. Benjamin is listed as questionable as well. He was held out of Wednesday's practice, but if he plays, I think you're going to play him. Uh, I think he's going to benefit from the Greg Olson um, being placed on IR with a broken foot. Um, We'll get into that later. Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart, both of these running backs had a tough time last week against the Bills, but that we kind of saw that coming, right? The Bills are tough rush defense. Um, I would like to mention that Stewart has had more fantasy points than McCaffrey in standard Mm -hmm. leagues. I'm just saying great value, value, value. That was the whole point of Carolina during the draft is you got them for value. So you can't really get upset because you got them for so cheap. Um, And that, and that's where we are. So I think they're both going to be okay this week. Um, But you, I like Stewart. I just do. Um, my sleeper is the Carolina Panthers defense. We have him make 15th, so they're right at the sleeper point. And then Devin Funchess. I know I keep trying to put him in that sleeper category, and sometimes he disappoints us, but I think Funchess out of everybody is really going to benefit without without Greg Olson. Um, he tripled his targets from last week and his yardage. So he's going up. So that is good. We like to see that. I, I think he will go up again. He's not going to triple it per se, but I think he will go up. I do. I do. And of course, on your bench, Greg Olson is on IR with broken foot. The Panthers expect him back this year, but we will see. Um, Ed Dixon is the replacement, but he shouldn't be yours. No, he shouldn't. Dixon's best year was back in 2011 with 528 yards and five touchdowns. If you take that year out, of his long career of seven years. Um, He managed close to 165 yards a year and one touchdown a year. So it's not good people. I'm not putting him in my lineup. I do think he'll have a better year than 165 yards and one touchdown without a Greg Olson, but I'm still, I'm still not banking on it. All right. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chicago bears. Let's keep this pithy. Okay. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, drew a lottery ticket where they were able to play the Minnesota Vikings after last minute losing Sam Bradford. Both sides of the ball were completely deflated and upset about it. It was clear as day that Minnesota Vikings uh, and their productivity nosedived on both sides of the ball. And still, Le'Veon Bell couldn't get it done. I'm, I am I am concerned, but obviously there's nothing you can do. If you have Le'Veon Bell, you're going to continue starting him. You are not going to trade him away. Um, he is the man, and you're hoping that everything is going to work out better. Uh, listen, over the course of two games, he's only scored 13.8 fantasy points in non-PPR leagues. And um, by the way, that's outside of the top 25 at his position. And in PPR, he scored 20.8 
points, zero touchdowns scored. Um, listen, I, I hopefully he can get it done against Chicago. I'm not entirely sure. We thought maybe he'd start slow, but this is even shocking to me. Again, not much you can do. Antonio Brown is a stud. Last week he only went 62 yards, but he had uh, 11 targets and each outing. Uh, Minnesota keyed in on him, so they just went other places. It was easy peasy. No worries there. Pittsburgh Steelers defense for sure. Uh, when you look at Mike Glennon and his three turnovers in the first half of his last game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, also, uh, uh, by the way, they look good. Nine sacks, one interception, one fumble, and one defensive touchdown mm-hmm. while allowing only 27 points over the last two games combined. All right. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, um, they did start off again with the Cleveland Browns and Minnesota with Sa- without Sam Bradford and with Case Keenum. So take it as you will, but I'm just putting it out there. Uh, sleepers, we're going to say Ben Roethlisberger. Why? Because it's on the road. You guys cannot deny about his home and away splits. It's really scary. I think he should be okay against Chicago, but I could also see him just being pedestrian, frankly, which brings me to Martavis Bryant, who maybe also has home and road splits because he's attached to Ben Roethlisberger, and he's going to be a boom-bust player. He did have that touchdown last week, which was great. It was good to see that at home. Uh, no surprise there, everybody. Again, uh, you could almost probably just start Martavis Bryant at home and not start on the road and probably hit more often than miss on that. So uh, unfortunately, that's who he is. Again, he is not the number one wide receiver there. That is clearly Antonio Brown, but he did get a chance last week. Jesse James did crash down to earth, but um, I'm going to tell you, though, he still you know caught four of his five targets. He's going to be involved with the game plan. I think that he's not a terrible option moving forward. Man, bringing Vance McDonald to town. That worked. Chris Boswell. Uh, can a kicker have home road splits? Because it's interesting. In week one, he scored three points, and in week two, he scored 16 points. So there you go. We're all attached to Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> and what he does on the road. Uh, Juju Schuster got a touchdown, um, but it's actually Eli Rogers who's been playing on a higher percentage of snaps. He's also had a higher percentage of the targets than even Martavis Bryant. If you want a really deep, deep sleeper, if you're in a deep, deep league, I'm going to actually offer up Eli Rogers as a kind of buy low, 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 he's still there candidate. Um, he is actually on the field right now um, the majority of the time on 56.7% of the snaps. Uh, and he has gotten 18.2% of the targets. Meanwhile, Martavis Bryant's only gotten 12.1. So that's intriguing to me in terms of the bears. Well, he, Jordan Howard was seen with a sling on his right arm after the game yeah. last week. Um, that could explain why his snap count went down uh, and below the mark of uh, Tariq Cohen, or it could be the game script. But I will say that either way, what we saw was Tariq Cohen should not be a three down back, which I already told you. Uh, the productivity was just not as high. He should not be carrying the ball between the tackles, no. but he is the guy that I would play if I had to choose between the two of them in any setting this week. I'm not quite sure Jordan Howard's 100%. However, in good news, the offensive coordinator blames the line, not Jordan Howard, for his decrease in yards per carry, um, and they think that he's actually running really hard. They hope that he's going to play on Sunday. Either way, I would really try to find another option, you guys. I think they're trying to also get him healthy, so I think this is a delicate balance. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I think you can play. I think he's the guy who's going to be carrying the ball right now, again, because of Howard's injury, and he is good, especially in the passing game. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, though, this is intriguing. This is technically his revenge game 
But he's not quite back from bre breaking his pinky finger. Um, they think maybe he'll come back. He is practicing. So keep an eye on that. Maybe that's a weird GPP flyer for people that play DFS. Kendall Wright is the guy, unquestionably, that Mike Glennon goes to. He also stood up for Mike Glennon, by the way, to the press, uh, which, of course, will garner more targets. So we love that. Um, he caught a season-high seven catches. It was only for 69 yards um, in week two. But still, that's a lot of catches for anyone, especially in a PPR league and zach miller if you're super desperate he's 15 targets over two outings mike glennon stop yourself listen john fox isn't going to go over to trubisky because he's a really conservative coach and he's not going to do it but if you watch that game at the beginning especially glennon was struggling i'm intrigued by trubisky i think that if you are in a, another like super duper league this is a time to get trubisky for free on free agency not on waivers just like right now, today, go pick him up if he's there. Uh, I think Trubisky's really good. So I'm intrigued by what happens. Uh, don't start Connor Barth or their defense, please. Well, it doesn't matter which quarterback they play when they drop as many balls as they do. That too. I mean, there are a lot that of struggles receiver here. play, outrageous. Out. Outrageous rages and the offensive line play uh, you know the offensive coordinators yeah. said the same thing for jordan howard i mean it's just like uh the people that need to be making the plays are not making the plays and a lot of people are really you know working hard but that will affect everything um but the turnovers are really bad too i mean that is on mike glennon glennon's not like fantastic um but yeah, he's. But they're not going away from him anytime soon. I stand by that. They're they're just not. He did throw for over three hundred yards, you guys. So yeah. Boom. All right, the Denver Broncos, the Buffalo Bills. Well, this can be quick because despite a difficult matchup, you're still playing everybody. <laughs> so Emmanuel Sanders, he caught six of his eight targets for sixty-two yards and had two touchdowns. It was a very good week if you were a Sanders owner, and it was just a complete beatdown on the Cowboys last week. Sorry, I had to say it. We are Broncos fans we've never shied away from that um so sanders looked good good route running good chemistry with simeon a plus must start love missing sanders and same goes for demarius thomas who caught six of his eight targets for 71 he just looks like dt of old like the last two seasons have been a little bit disappointing and i feel like we're seeing to top did you know we're seeing dt again so i like that it will be a tough matchup for both of these guys but i think this is the week the dt scores I do. Yes. So Bills yeah. are giving up the six fewest points to wideouts, but Sanders and Thomas could change that. I think they certainly will change that stat. Now, Thomas was limited in practice, but I think he's going to play. It's a hamstring injury, so keep an eye on it. But I think they're just resting him and you know, being precautious. So I'm um, not too worried about that. CJ Anderson, woo! He found his groove. He rushed 25 times for an impressive 118 yards. And I say impressive because he actually looked good rushing, which – I'm not always sold on CJ Anderson, but he looks good. I like, I'm liking what I'm mm -hmm. seeing. Now, some are concerns that CJ will not do as well this week because uh, tackle Garrett Bowles is hurt, but Anderson was still able to produce last week after Bowles went out. So I still feel okay about it. The Bills front seven is stout. Um, that is for sure. But I just went through my daughter's points. I just went through my daughter's tablet of like all the photos that she takes. She takes photos around the house. Like, it's her job. And I was like, you know, you can only keep so many. And the one, like one of the ones she wanted to keep that she took of the TV when Garrett Bowles got drafted and he's holding the baby up. And she's like, right. we have to keep that one. 
Oh, <laughs> and I've met Garrett Bowles, and I was like, "You better take care of my Jamal Charles." And he's like, "I'll do my best." He's so sweet, and his, his girlfriend's fiance is so sweet. And the baby was there. They're so they're such good people. And now they live in the town that we all grew up in, and they're such good people. So it was very sad to see him get hurt. Courtney had her moment. She had her moment with him, but. Uh... I've had a few. It's concerning. We want now. we want Bulls back. He's a great he's a, <laughs> he's a great asset to the offensive line. But I think the CJ is still going to be okay. Um, I will say, as we were talking a little bit earlier, that this Broncos team has kind of that 2016 Cowboys aura about them. I don't know. I just feel really good about the Broncos. Everyone's always like asks us because we live there, like how do you think the Broncos are going to do? And preseason, I was kind of like, well, you know, temper your expectations. So like the Cowboys, but- except with the without the police records. Yes, but I'm saying they just kind of had that. Everything was like clicking last year. Like they just kind of had like with Dak and like everything was just working. And, you know, he had, was you know making records. Not that Trevor Simeon is going to like break any records, but they just seem to have you a good know. vibe about them. This is, I don't know. I, I just, I'm feeling okay about it. And as we talk about Trevor Simeon, as Brandon went through the stats, you know, I am impressed and shocked, quite honestly, at the fact that he's the second highest scoring quarterback right now. It's just insane. I even tried to pick him up in three of my leagues. Uh, and sadly, I was, um, I lost him on the waiver wire. So that didn't make me happy. So, but you know what? I, as we talked about, I want him over Cam Newton because Cam Newton is not producing and I don't feel good about it right now. I'm not going to necessarily drop Cam altogether, but I can't justify playing Cam again <laughs> right now. I just can't do it. So Simeon was 22 of 32 passes for 231 yards, four touchdowns and one interception last week. He had two passing touchdowns the week before that. Um, so the only Trevor Simeon and Matthew Stafford are tied with the most touchdowns this season with six. So I am buying in. This, I think, is the year of the game managing quarterback shining between Simeon and Alex Smith. It is showing that good defense and solid, consistent play, you can win. So um, Sleeper is really only Jamal Charles, and that's if you're in a deep ball, he, in deeply. He rushed nine times for 46 yards, so he's a flex option at best. Uh, but he's got 5.2 yards per touch as his average, so that's pretty decent. So if he got more carries, he'd do well for you, but sadly, until he's getting more carries, he's on your bench. And the Bills. I have no starters for you on the team for the Bills. So okay. all of them are benched. So we'll do it really quickly. Um, the Broncos D is it's it's legit. I you know you they are struggling offense right now, and to go up against Von Miller and crew, it could be a very ugly situation. So I did not expect Tyrod Taylor to have a good week last uh, this week against the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos D is going to eat him up. Uh, and that's not his fault per se. You know, he only threw for 125 yards last week, uh, but he was at least able to add 55 yards um, himself on the, on the, with his feet. Now the good news is coach Sean McDermott did say that Taylor is their starter and that they're remaining committed to him. Um, again, I hate that we have to keep confirming this, but my issue is I wish they would express this commitment and focus on other parts of their offense that need to fixed right now um so that might help with their chemistry so let's shift some of that commitment focus to fixing other parts of the offense because tyrod while not great he didn't look that bad he was the only part keeping that offense really going say jones didn't help in the sad outing last week he only caught two of his six targets for a depressing 18 yards so 
including not being able to reel in a potentially game-winning touchdown in the final minutes. It was a, it would have been a really tough catch. But hey, if you want to be an elite receiver in this league, you have to make those tough catches. That's why you have the Antonio Browns, the world, the OBJs, the world. They make those crazy catches. So if you want to be elite, you got to figure out how to make those catches. Uh, until then, really, Zay Jones is really only a flex option, and again, in deep leagues. Jordan Matthews, he at least caught everything thrown his way, but he was only targeted three times and he had 30 yards. And if you're only going to target the guy three times, what, you're only going to get so much production out of him. So, um, again, he could only be considered flex in a super deep league, but you really shouldn't go that route. Now, Charles Clay is a guy that we have been pretty high on, but he, again, caught all of his targets three of three, but it was only 23 yards, and I don't like him playing this week against the Broncos. Uh, he is temporarily on my bench for this week, um, and he was limited in practice, so that's also not a great option. Now, LaShawn McCoy was certainly a problem for everybody last week. Uh, he only he rushed 12 times for nine yards. Luckily, he has six catches for 34, but again, that is not going to cut it. I do think he's going to bounce back this week slightly because um, LaShawn doesn't usually have bad back-to-back -back weeks, but it is the Broncos, so it's not going to be pretty. I would say flex only for LaShawn McCoy. Wow. All right. Flex only, but yeah. All right. The Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions. Oh, let me make this quick because the Atlanta Falcons are easy peasy, you guys. This is the game of the week. This is going to be the one of the highest over-unders of the week. You want to start Matt Ryan. He's actually on pace to throw for 4,584 yards, Woo! if you can believe it. Uh, I don't think he's going to get that. But the point is, is that he's actually having a decent season. If you don't like Devontae Freeman, you don't like football. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Obvious starter. Matt Bryant is an obvious starter. Dome kicker. Kicking in a dome on the road, too. Boom. No problem. Third highest in the league right now, tied with who? Greg Zerline. And Austin Hooper has the best matchup out of everybody. So he had that dynamic, obviously, for week one. Week two, it was a tough matchup. He wasn't as good. You guys, it's A-OK -okay in week three. And Julio Jones, finally, ah, caught five of his nine targets for 108 yards. He still hasn't gotten a touchdown, but this is the week. Sleepers are Mohamed Sanu because believe it or not, you guys, he out-targeted Julio Jones in week one. And then uh, last week, he caught five of his six targets for 85 yards. Uh, he's the only person that's really benefited from Kyle Shanahan's departure. Mohamed Sanu is the flex that you need in your team. Tevin Coleman, he's a big play guy, but certainly he's not on the field as much, not even close. But even change of pace, he's a good guy to have. He keeps kind of making it happen. So I can't argue with it on the bench is Atlanta Falcons defense because I respect Matthew Stafford and I think they are also going to score a lot of points. That's right. You better respect Matthew Stafford because he is starting. We have him ranked number four in our rankings. So this should be a shootout. As Brandon said, Rogers threw for over 340 yards and two touchdowns. I think Stafford will do better than that. Mm. I like him a lot this week. You guys golden Tate last week, Tate was not at fault. He caught everything that was thrown his direction. He just only caught, Four balls, because that's the only targets he got. They didn't need to use them. That's how bad the Giants are this year. With that said, mm -hmm. Tate caught them all. So he saw 12 targets two weeks ago. I think he's going to see almost that many this week, and you're going to start him. Marvin Jones hit while the iron's hot, guys. You drafted him. You should play him this week. Jones' numbers aren't huge, but he has had a touchdown in both outings. So I like him again this week for a touchdown in 50 yards. That's 12 points in standard links or 11 points in standard links. More than that in PPR. Game on. Galladay, I'm sure Galladay didn't like sharing last week with stupid Ebron. And I hate that word stupid. I would ground my children right now. But 
hate <laughs> that guy. But he should bounce back this week and could be a nice flex option. As for Ebron, okay, so Ebron finally had a great game. Congratulations. Only took you a season and a half. Five receptions for 42 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Congrats. I'm putting him as a sleeper because of that alone. But I would bench him if I owned him. I would never own him, but I would bench him if I owned him because the Atlanta Falcons haven't let a tight end catch a touchdown pass in the last 10 games. So for that reason alone, Ebron is on my bench. And of course, Detroit's running backs are on my bench. Still think these backs are not startable. I'm sorry. Last week they had their opportunity to rack up those fantasy points, but didn't do enough to be a starter on your roster. If I had to pick one this week, it'd be Riddick because I think it's going to be a passing game, right? So Riddick is the passing back. Therefore, I think he's going to be the best game, best guy. Abdullah had a career high last week of 86 yards. So we know where his ceiling is, right? Eight points. Okay. <laughs> Not good enough. It's the Sorry. biggest backhanded compliment Batch. ever. There was a headline that was like career <laughs> yeah. high, 85 yards. Everyone's like, whoa, that's brutal. <laughs> Not good enough. Yeah. Detroit yeah. Lions defense, obviously, same as the Atlanta Falcons. Both defenses actually are doing much better than you would expect yes. this year. Detroit's yeah. defense is, is is startable in most weeks this year, I would say. This week against the Falcons is not an option. Sorry. I'm not messing with Julio and Matt Ryan. Not doing it. All right, we got the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts. And my boyfriend, Devontae Freeman. Oh, that guy too. Right, right. he's pretty decent. Thank you. Uh, okay, guys, Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis Colts. It could be a bonanza of defensive points. Uh, you guys, <laughs> I, I am... Who's um, on the, who is on wow, the Cleveland Browns now? Wow. Okay, so last week a really mm. weird thing happened. Kaiser all of a sudden had to leave the game because of a migraine. Uh, the team says that they were aware of his migraine issues beforehand. I find this really bizarre. They say that sometimes it could be six to seven months between them, but how do you get a migraine in the middle of a game? And is this concussion related? I'm not kidding, you guys. I am con. Concern. More concerning is that poor Kevin Hogan, all he ever does is come in for someone who's hurt and always score a touchdown. Have you noticed that? This guy always scores a touchdown. And by so the way, sad. there are not a lot of touchdowns for the Cleveland Browns. And then he gets put <laughs> back on the bench and it just is what it is. Uh, but there's nothing you can do about that. I just wanted to laugh about it. Uh, Corey Coleman, though, unfortunately broke his hand again for the second year. How weird yeah. is that? So he has to have surgery. He's going to be out for at least eight weeks, you guys. He's on IR. I mean, I guess if you have an IR spot, fine. Otherwise, I think you can drop him. Eight weeks is a yeah. long time. We're already in week three. It's not I Greg mean, that Olson would be week territory. 11. Yeah, yeah. This is, or David Johnson, even. And I still would drop David Johnson. I think that's going to be hard for him to come back. But the point is, is that this is this is weird um, and it's sad. So everyone thinks that Rashard Higgins is going to be the guy, mostly because he caught uh, seven of his 11 targets for 95 yards last week. Uh, he looked really good. But then what did the Browns do today? Because the Browns are going to Brown. They said, no, no, no. It's Kenny Britt who's going to be the starter. And Ricardo Lewis is going to be the starter on the other side. Thanks, Browns. Browns. 
It's the Browns. I don't Brown. know. I mean, listen, and in DFS circles, Rashard Higgins is going to be owned in almost every single lineup on the planet, and that's fine. He's cheap. He's probably going to be the target. Uh, I just think the Browns are going to Browns. And speaking of the Browns are going to Browns, uh, Isaiah Crowell had two back-to-back tough, tough matchups, right? I mean, it, it was really hard for him to play the Pittsburgh Steelers and then the Baltimore Ravens. We told you last week not to start him because it was going to be a tough matchup, and whoo, it was. Uh, but he actually went to the coach and said, I want more carries. And again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease in Indy, maybe, hopefully. So um, that could happen. However, a lot of people thought that David Johnson did a great job. And also, if you want to watch great highlights, watch David Johnson make a one-handed catch like Odell Beckham style. It was really cool. He's playing very well as well. So Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson. Johnson, Sorry, I have David Johnson's injury. It will never leave me. I'm permanently scarred. Yes, Duke Johnson. Uh, On the bench, Ricky uh, David Njoku scored his first touchdown. Seth Devolve continues to play. Uh, They pretty much split the snaps, but either way, I don't think you can trust anyone, even against the Colts. And here's the thing about the Colts. Uh, We don't know what to do. So supposedly, again, this week, Andrew Luck is not practicing. And their whole team hinges on this. I don't know what else to say to you about this offense. Every week it changes. The the snap counts change. The um, percentage of targets change. Everything. um, and, And by the way, the productivity off of those targets is definitely the biggest changing point. So I don't really have anything else to say, you guys. I think that if you have a Colt, you have to put him on the bench. Uh, until further notice. The only thing I will say is that uh, Frank Gore is only about 100 yards away from taking over um, one of the rushing titles. Hold on, I just printed it out. This is the one thing that I wanted to say. Um, With the most career rushing yards in NFL history, he can take over Eric Dickerson if he gets 107 rushing yards this season or wow that's That's it isn't that crazy yeah yeah freaking frank gore could overtake eric dickerson how nuts is that gore is he could also take over jerome bettis by the end of the year if he gets another 500 yards it's crazy so i'm just hoping the best for frank gore but other than that i have nothing else to say about the colts so sad. Bye-bye. Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the Minnesota Vikings. The Bucs. You're starting Mike Evans. You never bunch Mike Evans. I get it. He's going up against Xavier Rhodes. It's going to be a tough matchup. He's not going to give you Evans points that you want. I don't care. You're still starting him. Come on. It's week three. Jameis Winston. This won't be the best game for Winston either, but he should see around the same fantasy points as Roethlisberger did last week against the Vikings. Run that 17 points. And that, you know what, is good enough for you. Unless you own Alex Smith, uh, you know, or Carson Wentz, you're rolling with Jameis Winston, all right? Your sleepers, the Tampa Bay defense. I'm putting them out in the sleeper zone. Sam Bradford's still day-to-day on whether he's going to play. Obviously, the whole entire team revolves around their quarterback. They were all crushed when Teddy Bridgewater went down last year. Now it's Sam Bradford. They can't control themselves. It's an emotional team. That's okay. That's all right for the defense especially. That's why they're on that cuff right there at number 14 on our rankings. Deshaun Jackson, this is my feeling about Jackson. Jackson is a boomer bus player. Martavius Bryant is a boomer bus player. They're similar guys. Bryant did well against this defense. I think Jackson is going to do well against this defense. Agreed. He had seven targets last week. I think he's going to have even more fantasy points this week than he had the two weeks put together. I like Jackson. Um, Jack Reese Rogers, on the other hand, here's the deal. Rogers was great last week against the Chicago against Chicago. 
67 yards rushing and a touchdown. But the Vikings defense is a little bit better on the line, uh, just a little. So if Bell can only get nine fantasy points against the Vikings, I'm going to say Rodgers is no more than a flex this week. Uh, as for Cameron Bray, I love Bray. I don't know why he's not loved right now. Um, but Fleener had a good game against the Vikings, but Jesse James didn't. Uh, so he's a flyer. We have him ranked right in the middle of the tight ends. It's tight ends. They're all freaking flyers. Let's not lie to ourselves. But that's where I have him. All right, Ashley, the Vikings. So Bradford is not going to be a starter on your team, but I do want to talk about him first because everything hinges on Bradford the rest of these notes right so Bradford's on pace to allegedly play this week uh his injury is not the ACL is fine all the other ligaments are fine it really is a bone bruise and swelling so we're hoping he's going to play again as of right now they believe that he will play but definitely keep an eye on that because that does have an impact for you between Diggs and Thielen so Diggs hurt you a lot last week uh in fairness without Bradford you know we can't really blame him, but uh, this did teach us that Brad, when Bradford is out, Thielen is the one that you should be starting instead of Diggs. I will say that Diggs did have two big calls that were called back um, that would have added some substantial yardage, but overall, you know, Diggs only caught two of his six targets for 27 yards, whereas Thielen's a bit more of a safe play, Sons Bradford. Um, he was at least caught five of six for 44 yards, so... If you have to play one, I'm going to go Thielen if Bradford doesn't go. Otherwise, they're both a go this week. So um, Kyle Rudolph, he's Mr. Consistent. You can you can play him regardless of whether Bradford is there or not. Uh, he is a big red zone target for this team, especially with Bradford in. So again, like Courtney said, it is a, all tight ends to some extent are a flyers. So Bradford's got, uh, excuse me, Rudolph's got a great schedule. He's a good option for you. Dalvin Cook. He rushed 12 times for 64 yards, uh, which was not what you were hoping for, but he did nearly get a touchdown. So he would have had a lot better production if he was able uh, to get that touchdown. Um, despite a tough matchup on paper, I do think he's going to bounce back this week and is an RB2. Nice. The Houston Texans and the New England Patriots, those Texans. Oh, they're back. They're so fun. All right. DeAndre Hopkins, we have him ranked number 15. When a guy is getting 16 to 13 targets, you have to start him. It's not an option. I'm sorry. He's getting targeted more than everybody else. You have to put him in your thing. Eventually, it's going to hit, right? It's got a hit. Uh, Lamar Miller. Miller hasn't been great, but he hasn't been awful either. When we compare him to the other running backs in the league that we've been talking about, it's not like Le'Veon Bell is blowing it up. David Johnson's on IR. You know, like those guys, Miller's falls in between, right? So I, I think he just needs to get in the end zone just like the rest of the Texans. He just needs to get in the end zone. The Patriots defense ratings are a bit inflamed because of Kareem Hunt on Thursday night in week one, um, blowing up. I mean, along with everybody else on the Chiefs against, against the Patriots that week. But I have to say, I think that Miller is going to do better, better. I think he's going to find double digits this week. And whether that's 100 yards rushing or whether he finds the end zone, I think he's going to get that double digits. Texas did get Foreman more involved, um, and and that's fine. I don't mind another guy getting more involved. The problem is, is they're getting two guys more involved, right? Because now it it's just it's just more risky now that they have this guy in Miller too. I, I I'm not worried yet, but it's a yet. It right. it's definitely a yet. There's things happening, and as we've seen on other teams, Cincinnati, Seattle. Uh, the Saints, 
plenty of others. When there's when there's three or more running backs playing in the same darn game, it often doesn't bode well unless your name's Chris Thompson. So it kind of scares me. There's no sleepers. It is what it is. If you either if you have Hopkins Miller, you're starting them, and then you're your bench. Deshaun Watson. The Patriots haven't done a great job stopping quarterbacks in the first two games, but when it comes to throwing the ball, Watson hasn't been very good either. So only having 227 yards passing and one touchdown through two games put together is not great. So no. if Watson's going to be successful, if you're in that two quarterback league, he's going to have to be effective running. And I'm just not. I'm not buying into it this week. Houston Texans defense, love them on the bench. Ryan Griffin is their tight end. He's listed as questionable. He got out of concussion protocol, but you're still not starting him. But on a side note, Will Fuller is back at practice. He hasn't been cleared to play in week three, but keep an eye on him. He is a boomer bust sneaky play from time to time. And this, you know, throughout the year, it might be his time. Brandon, the Patriots. All right. The New England Patriots defense. I mean, do I have to tell you to start them? Probably not. You should. They have not been good, though, you guys. They're actually outside of the top 25. They've been really bad. But um, I do not think Deshaun Watson is, um, frankly, ready to be a full-time NFL starting quarterback. I know that's harsh, but one touchdown scrambling for your life after a broken play does not an NFL quarterback make. Sorry, he has a lot of learning to do. Houston played uh, Jacksonville and Cincinnati. Um, so I'm not going to give you what the matchup is. It's not Brady. So whatever. Tom Brady's start. Mike Gillisley's start. He's obviously the goal line, goal line back. He got a touchdown last week, three the week before. You're fine. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, if he is playing, then you start. He did leave the game with a groin injury. Supposedly, he's A-OK. He's back at practice. Everything's going to be fine. He didn't actually – he wasn't a full participant. He was limited, but – um, you know, just, I don't care he, if he scores that many points in the first half. I'm fine with it. If if he plays, you play him, you guys, and you bought him. So that's life, okay? Part Live of the deal. It. That's yep. right. Part of the deal, everybody. We all knew what we were signing up for. <laughs> right. uh, James White. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, his 11 catches is tied with LeSean McCoy for the fourth most most among running backs. His 115 receiving yards is the second most behind, believe it or not, Kareem Hunt. Everyone just bow to the greatness of Kareem Hunt, even in the New England Patriots. Right up, uh, Chiefs offense. Good Chiefs touchdown last year. Ballers, ballin, ballin. Uh, Chris Hogan questionable, limited in practice with a knee injury. Uh, he went five of six for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown in week two, but then he went one of for five for eight yards in week one. Boomer bust, like extraordinaire uh brandon cooks is really disappointing when your quarterback throws for over 400 yards and you get only 37 yards of it the problem is i told you guys what the strategy is they just throw the ball at him and they get a pass interference that's like their strategy that's what they're going to do all season so i don't know if that's going to help you in fantasy or not Uh, i don't know what to tell you to do with him frankly uh rice burkhead's boomer bust and you know goskowski's been kind of on and off as a kicker it's just a weird world that we live in guys Patriots. Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets game of the week. Let's make this quick. Make it quick. I'm choking up on the game of the week. (laughs) As if that's a thing. Um, So half this team didn't practice this week. I shouldn't say half, but the main guys. So I'm hoping that it's all just, you know, precautionary. 
letting them rest a little bit. But JJ, he rushed 28 times for 122 yards. 28. That is some serious, serious volume. So, yeah, I'll take that. The Jets give up the second most points to running back, so you should expect Ajayi to have another big week. Again, he didn't practice on Wednesday, but I think that's just, again, just kind of to be safe. Nothing to worry about there. Um Jarvis Landry, he also did not practice on Wednesday with an, uh, due to his knee. Again, I think we're going to be okay. Landry is still the main target in Miami. I know there was kind of those questions, and we were getting a ton of Devontae Parker questions um, last week. And here's the deal. The guy was targeted 15 times, Landry, and caught 13 of them. Yes, it was only for 78 yards, but that was 45% of all of Cutler's targets. Went That's to so Landry. crazy. <laughs> Jarvis Landry here, guys. Okay, so yeah, I will take that kind of volume all day because when you have that volume, the play's going to happen, right? He's just, he's going to break away on at least one of those and get some substantially more yardage than even already the 78. So um, especially when they're playing the Jets. So Jarvis Landry is still a must start. Julius Thomas, uh, you know, he caught only three of his targets. He caught all three of them, excuse me. But it was only for 26 yards. So you got to be in a pretty deep lead to consider streaming Julius Thomas. Um, I just think that Landry and Parker and potentially Stills are going to take this away and that Thomas doesn't have the opportunity to really be targeted in the end zone, so don't really go there. Devontae Parker, he's Mr. Big Play. That is what he is. He caught four of his nine targets for 85 yards. Uh, Casey Hayward was wide on rice on Parker last week, so Parker should have a better chance of converting those deep plays this week. So I like his upside this week because, again, he's playing the Jets. But he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Again, I'm not too nervous about it. Kenny Stills is clearly the third man on the totem pole here. Only targeted five times compared to yeah, the nine for Parker and the 15 for Landry. But he is he did catch a touchdown. So he is somebody that could benefit from tight coverage on the other two guys, especially in the red zone. So he has flex appeal in deep leagues because, again, this is the Jets. So uh, bench Jay Cutler. There are better options out there for you to play like Simeon Smith, Wentz. They're out there for the taking. Like Josh McCowan. All right. Those oh, come on now. Come yeah, on now. No. All right. Austin Safarian Jenks, Jenkins, Brandon, he's back. Brandon loves him. He says it's her favorite player in the NFL. I'll never it's forgive like you, Jets, Ashley's for Joe making Nixon. me do this. Brandon's Austin Safarian Jenkins. Okay. He might be back technically to practice, but Coach Bowles, Bowles said that it is too early to tell if he's going to be activated this week. So hold off a moment, people. Let's They're waiting for the drug test results back. Just kidding. I don't know. But he's not technically back yet. Jermaine Curse, I mean, best player on this team. I think Hello. he's a must start. You best player on this, in like one of the best players in the NFL come week three. It's kind of yep. crazy, but it is what it is, you guys. 64 yards and two touchdowns last week. What? I think he should be in your wide receiver three flex spot every week until I tell you not to. And, and really the Jets will tell you not to eventually, I'm sure. But right now... Jermaine Curse should be in your lineup. I don't want to interrupt you, but one of our listeners right now on our YouTube thing said Austin Safarian Jenkins might not be active due to not being in football shape, actually. And that's my point, Michael. I'm with you 100%. This is always his problem. Duh. This is what we're saying. Yeah, it's, We're trying to be subtle, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, Someone it's, else it's, said it, not us. He he's a social boy on the outside, and it just doesn't translate well on the field. And it always is what it is, and that's, you know, I mean, it's Never. too bad he's not a quarterback, Jay Cutler. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He has to be football ready when you're a quarterback. 
So, right. but it, I got no time it is for us. It's tight end. It's kind of close. It's kind of close. Mystery relevant tight ends. It's pretty, it's pretty close. Um, as for running backs, Matt Forte, Forte continues to prove that he is the better back for the Jets. He, yeah, I know we all drafted bulls. I mean, I didn't, I told you not to, but you know what I'm saying? Some of you did. Uh, but the reality is, is that Forte is better. We have him ranked slightly higher than Bulls. Um, but Melvin Gordon had 13.8 fantasy points in standard leagues last week against you the You mean Dolphins. Bilal Powell? Bilal Powell. What am I saying, Bulls? You're, you're thinking the of the offensive coach. I'm thinking the coach. And, the coach. and yeah. yeah, so no. I, yeah. <laughs> we said Bulls Powell. a lot tonight. Yeah, Powell. Yeah, Powell, excuse me. Uh, Paul. 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 Um, Powell. I, I, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, we're Ultimate done with him. Ultimate disrespect Bilal by Powell. Courtney. I'm done with you. Bulls. Bulls. Ultimate disrespect. That's right. Um, but yeah, Forte, I think Forte can get nine fantasy points this week again. So if that's good enough for your flex spot, feel free and put him in on your bench, Josh McCowan, although he's getting there and the New York Jets defense, of course. All right, we got the Giants, worst team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles. You guys, how many years have I been saying this about the Giants? And finally, people are coming to the dark side and saying, they, this is not working. But they do it every time after they already drafted everybody that's not OBJ. I know. It's like, I, know. I have to draft Eli Manning. I know. Brad, I know. Brad Evans, when we drafted him, he was like, oh my gosh, Courtney, you let me get Eli Manning for $19? I was like, yeah, I got Sam Bradford for 20 and I think it was a better deal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here we are, week three, no... I mean, he is, woo! All right, so uh, the only person that's impressed me on this team from preseason and now is a guy that I, before the preseason, said there's no way I was going to get into this guy. Ends up Evan Engram is the best player on the New York Giants. Bar none. I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, literally, he's the only guy. Now, the Detroit Lions are notoriously bad against tight ends. If you saw that touchdown where he just kind of was like totally open and just walked in, uh, it was almost a joke. But hey, you know what? I think this is a very interesting matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, However, he is questionable and in supposedly in concussion protocol. But then they said it's just precautionary. And I don't understand that. Like, you're either in concussion protocol or you're not. So... I'm a little confused. Watch the situation. All I'm telling you is he's the only one I'm touching. Other than Odell Beckham, if he is 100% healthy, but he is still dealing with his ankle injury that, frankly, I want to remind everyone, that was a really scary hit that he took. We thought maybe he'd be out for the season. So you're welcome that he was able to play at all in week two. Um, hopefully he's better in week three. He got the cobwebs off. You know, he was able to get, you know, he only played in 34 of the Giants' 56 snaps. They definitely held him back. But, hey, you know, if he's playing, you got to start him. Shane Vereen is a PPR delight if you are looking for someone deep there Uh, over the course of two games he has 12 catches for 78 yards no touchdowns because i can't get the red zone but the point is is that if you're in a ppr league that has some value you should not have paul perkins on your team supposedly they're going to get orleans darkwa involved stop what you're doing no 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 and then we got brandon marshall i don't know what you guys have seen in these two weeks that makes you think this is going to be okay at some point uh, he had one catch for five yards um or one catch on five targets for 17 yards last week one catch on four targets for 10 yards in week one i don't know what about that's okay with you it's not okay with me sterling shepherd though should be on your bench if you have odell beckham 
Because if Odell's not playing, it looks like Sterling Shepard is the fill-in. If he is playing, you can't touch Sterling Shepard. It's very clear. Uh, also, Eli Manning, I'm going to be fair with him. I'm going to be fair. Only he and Andy Dalton have been sacked on over 30% of their drop That backs. O-line is so bad. It's so I don't bad. Know, like, but he also was that. sacking himself. I mean, there were times he was falling down when he wasn't even touched. It's all very <laughs> weird. Because he knows he's going to get gonna, I'm not going to give him. He's, no, such, no, a he he's, he's get, such a wuss. He doesn't get full credit. He gets he's half credit. But I'll give him half credit for that. Fine, fine. The New York Giants defense, they're suffering too because they can't do anything. They're actually really bad. You guys are outside of the top 25 for scoring defenses on fantasy. And Aldrich Rojas, okay. You don't even know who that is because they don't score points. So you're welcome. Thank you. Ashley Eagles. Zach Ertz, he's a must start. I mean, he he's 97 yards last week and 10 targets. Must start. Ertz. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, 7 of 13 for 92 yards and a touchdown. He will have a matchup similar to week one. So I expect numbers to not be as bad as week one, but somewhere between week one, week two. So temper your expectations a little bit, but at least we had some positivity with how Alshon Jeffrey played last week. Darren Sproles, he is the only rusher you can count on right now on this team. And he rushed 10 times and only for 48 yards and then two, four passes for 30. But that's all you're going to get. That's all that you can get on this team when it comes to a running back. Uh, he should have a decent week this week, so you can you can play him flex only. Carson Wentz, I'm going to say he's a he's a starter. I'm going to say yep. it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. 25 of 46 passes for 333 yards, two touchdowns. He had an interception, but I don't care. That's fine. Wentz, you can play him. Sleepers, Torrey Smith finally came to play and caught four of eight targets. That doesn't mean much for you fantasy-wise unless you need a seriously deep flyer, but someone to keep your eye on because as Carson Wentz gets better um, and as we have some of these matchups with Alshon Jeffrey, I think Torrey Smith will come into play. We've said it for a while now. He's not quite there, but I think someone to think about. Nelson Aguilar caught a nine-yard touchdown at the very end of the game that like saved that very terrible play that was going on because I had him in a flex. Uh, he's touchdown dependent guy at this point in time, and he I don't like this matchup this week, so put him on your bench. Donald Pumphrey, just quick note, hamstring, he is on IR, done for the season. And LeGarrette Blount, I don't even know what to tell you about LeGarrette Blount because I don't think they know what's going on. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's Blunt's fault. I really, I, I literally don't know what to say. I mean, when offensive coordinator said that obviously it's his job to find ways to get guys on the field. And they said they do want to get him on the field more. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt literally played six snaps, six snaps, um, and only had one catch for no yards and no rush attempts. How he didn't even have a single rush attempt is like beyond my comprehension. So you cannot play him right now. And what they're saying is they've got roles for all these guys between Wendell Smallwood, who you also cannot play right now is on the bench, Darren Sproles, LeGarrette Blunt. And what they're basically saying is that, you know, they find themselves in a lot of second and 12s, second and 13s, third and 14s that they can't run at that point in time. And so they that's why you're not seeing as much action from the Garrett Blunt, but you got to bench him at the moment. I feel like it's just, it's an Eagles thing, right? I mean, like I've, I, 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 I don't know. And Eagles and the running backs really tick me off. They tick me off. All right. We got the Seattle Seahawks, the Tennessee Titans. <clears throat> Talk about a team that's ticking me off. I told you they had to do something this week and they didn't. They didn't. Mm. I just, I don't have to do them. So my only starter is Chris Carson. 
what world are we in where Chris Carson is the only starter uh, from, well, potentially the defense, but even that I don't love this week. Chris Carson, he rushed 20 times for 93 yards, uh, caught one of two for seven yards. He's the only starter, the only one on this team. My sleeper is Doug Baldwin, six of nine targets for 44 yards. Not great. Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson, they are streamers. Lockett got more targets this week, six of nine for 64 yards. Um, but again, this offense is just struggling. So I don't love this play as much as I would maybe love Paul Richardson because Paul Richardson, while only catching two of his five targets for 19 yards, he did get the touchdown. He is the big play threat. So for me, if I'm taking those deep flyers, I want somebody with, because they both have really low floors. I want the guy who's got the higher ceiling. And for me, Paul Richardson has this higher ceiling out of the two of them, but either way, I don't like either of them. I think you should look elsewhere for a streamer. Um, Jimmy Graham, just find a backup because he is questionable. He may not play with his ankle injury. CJ Procise, he's not getting enough action for you to even consider streaming at this point. Thomas Rawls, Ryan is on the wall here with Chris Carson. I mean, he uh, played only 16 snaps compared to Chris Carson's 51. Uh, the production just wasn't there. He rushed five times and only for four yards. And Russell Wilson, even him, he was 23 of 39 for only 198 yards and a touchdown. You got to bench him. I mean, go get, go get Carson Wentz right now. Play Carson Wentz over Russell Wilson. That's right. All right, Tennessee Titans, Delaney Walker. Thus far, he's the fifth tight end in fantasy points because that's who he is. He's Mr. Consistent, and you need to keep him in and continue to start him. Uh, the Seahawks have yet to be tested by a tight end that actually is used in their game plan for an offense like Delaney Walker. So enjoy. Murray, unfortunately, is day-to-day -day with a hamstring injury that he suffered early in the game last week. That means all of you that handcuffed yourself with Derrick Henry – Insert here, please. Congrats. Uh, congrats. Good handcuff there. Uh, Henry did great last week when Murray was out. So I think he will he will have a decent game this week against the Seahawks, who are just struggling. When you struggle on the offense, you tend to struggle a little bit more on the defense, too. The Seattle default defense is obviously suffering as well. Marcus Mariota, I have as my sleeper. I don't love Mariota this week. Just kind of like I didn't love Mariota going into the season, but I think he might be productive enough on the ground to warrant a start in deeper leagues. He had only one passing touchdown this year th thus far, but I think he might find the end zone running in. So I think he may be okay in those two quarterback deep leaks. Uh, Richard Matthews is 43. We have him ranked 43. Eric Decker, 50. This is just kind of not a great matchup. Most of the Seattle games have been low-scoring games. I think Richard Matthews is the better, better wide receiver, so I like him more. I just don't love either one of them this year, um, this Agreed. week. And that, that goes yeah. for Tennessee Titans defense as well. Corey Davis is out, you guys. I know it's so sweet, rookie, so talented. He's out. Get him on your bench. Cincinnati Bengals, the Green Bay Packers. The Cincinnati Bengals, you guys. AJ Green, listen, this is it for Green for me. This is week three. We need him to we need him to be quarterback, offensive line, and overall team proof. From here on out, I'm sorry. I know that's a lot to ask for. Get it. And schedule proof. I get it. I totally understand. But I don't know what to say other than I told you not to draft him. You drafted him. You did it. You have to start him. It's like a Rob Gronkowski. He's questionable. You did it to yourself. You knew what you're getting yourself into. May the fantasy gods be with you. Tyler Eifert, on the other hand, <laughs> 
He did not practice on Wednesday, and that is not – it's not a good matchup for him. He should be on your bench until he gets healthier and the Bengals get better. This is why I hate tight ends. I hate them. I hate them. Yeah. Always the number one person to go down on a team when the when the team stinks. Um, Bengals running back, you play them at your own risk, any of them. Cincinnati switched things up with their coaching staff, so I can imagine that Joe Mixon's going to be the guy this week. This should be his moment to shine. This is a great matchup for him to be the moment to shine. But, you know, Freeman and Coleman dominated last week against the Packers. Um, but don't forget this week before when the three-headed monster saw the Seahawks did not do so well. So it's risky, you guys. It's very, very risky. Andy Dalton, for me, on the bench. He had a bounce-back week last week with 9.46 fantasy points. It was huge, <laughs> huge. You're not starting him. Bench, as well as the Bengals. Come on, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, uh, Ty Montgomery, again, the third highest scoring running back in uh, non-PPR leagues and the second most in PPR leagues. Uh, He's still 20 points behind Hunt, though. Again, bow down to Kansas City. Bow down. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so listen, they said that they're going to actually get him the ball less, and I think that could be an okay thing. I'm, I'm fine with that. I think they need to get Jamal Williams in there more. They said that they've kind of been playing from behind. They've had some weird games, and so they haven't been able to put in the personnel packages that they want. So I think, A, uh, again, you do need to handcuff for Ty Montgomery because of his sickle cell trade especially and his usage with Jamal Williams yesterday. So go do that. Uh, But, B, he's probably going to be involved anyway, and don't freak out. That's actually a good thing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers scored 16 points in week one at home and uh, against Seattle and 18 points on the road against Atlanta. He's a stud. You do you. Jordy Nelson, he did have to leave week two with a quad injury, and my husband almost didn't speak to me for the rest of the night. He was so upset. So a lot of you (laughs) Jordy Nelson people out there we're very upset but it actually looks like he's on track to play on Sunday who's not on track is Randall Cobb which is sad because it's hashtag year of the Cobb hashtag mild mild salsa lady so um Ashley's upset over here but it looks like he is hurt you guys you need to check out that injury report Uh, on that note that means that Devontae Adams is going to be a-okay so you're definitely going to start him Uh, Mason Crosby listen he hasn't missed a kick yet but he's only had two field goals Everything else has been extra points. It could be extra points again this week, but still, he's fabulous. Uh, Martellus Bennett, though. This is what's really weird, you guys. He's getting a lot of targets. He's just not doing anything with them. Mm. I'm concerned. I don't know if Green Bay knows how to use a tight end, though. I don't, I don't know, know if they do the play either. calls, the routes. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very weird, and I don't know how to feel about it. And I should tell you that he'll get more usage if uh, Cobb is out. Yeah. But he's already getting a lot of usage and nothing's happening. So I don't want to give you false hope. So uh, I will tell you that situation. <laughs> However, Geronimo Allison showed up and started playing. He's really just a deep, deep, deep league option, but he is on Geronimo! this Geronimo! Geronimo! It's a great name. All right. Kansas City Chiefs, the L.A. Chargers. All right. I'm not going to tell you that you have to start Kareem Hunt because you're a smart person who listens to this show. You know that. You know that. The second that Spencer Ware went down, we told you to go all in. We just traded him on up on our rankings. No problem. So hopefully you have him on your team. I know I did. 
Yay. Same with Travis Kelsey. We also ranked him really high. And again, the guy who got over 100 yards last week because that's what he does. Cairo Santos is perfect on the seasons. The Chiefs need this win, and they will need him this week against the Chargers in a divisional yeah. matchup. Alex Smith is on the sleepers list. Uh, this could go either way. He was fabulous in week one, pedestrian week two. Uh, but still, uh, his pedestrian score uh, was still the 10th highest of the week last week, you guys. You may need Alex Smith regardless. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a big disappointment in week two. But, you know, listen, he's a boomer bust player. They didn't really need him last week. It's fine. They will need him against the Chargers. I think he's going to do really well. It looks like uh, Jason Barrett is still out. Uh, you know, one of their defensive backs who's elite. So get out of it. Kansas City defense. I'm not starting them against Philip Rivers in a divisional matchup. And they're kind of just, you know, they're doing their thing. Uh, Los Angeles, Philip Rivers, per usual, great for eight games. So go ahead and start him in the first eight games. I've told you this since the beginning of the year. You're welcome. Eight, 17 points in each of his matchups. Melvin Gordon is amazing. Even if he is not getting it done on the ground, he does it in the passing game. You guys, trust me, other people are in worse situations than you talking to me about Melvin Gordon. I borderline want to block you when you ask me about him, frankly. Uh, Keenan Allen also. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, you guys, only seven wide receivers have more catches than Melvin Gordon on the season. One of them is Keenan Allen. So you definitely want to start him. Uh, Tyrell no. Williams, though, has nine catches uh, off of 11 targets for 108 yards so far this season. No touchdowns, but they're going to need touchdowns to beat the Chiefs. It's interesting. And Hunter Henry, everybody, now that Antonio Gates has his record. Hey, Antonio Gates. Uh, it's going to be Hunter Henry's show, everybody. He, he had more snaps last week. He had more targets, more catches. It's the Hunter Henry show, like we said, but they had to get Gates that record. On the bench, don't start young walk. Oh, broken for him. Because the poor kicker. Oh, my gosh, oh. you guys. He's one for four on field goals. And don't start their defense against Chiefs. Yeah. Boom. All right. The Oakland Raiders of the Washington Redskins. Those Raiders. Derek Carr, we have him ranked number five. You're starting him. Marshawn Lynch. This will be a tougher matchup for Lynch, but you aren't benching beast mode oh as gosh. long His as he's dancing. sitting up. His dancing, Ashley, absolutely, with that hair rocking out on the sideline. He is so happy to be Raiders. I just love it. Good for you, man. Last week, he got his first rushing touchdown as a Raider. Congrats. Congrats. Unfortunately, there was a guy named Jalen Richards. Again, that darn name Jalen is the worst thing in the NFL when it comes to fantasy of taking your fantasy points away from who you wanted to come go to. But you know, um, he's my lover. I love Jalen Richards. We don't care. Um, oh, and we're 100 yards. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's just that, you know, like Marshawn Lynch, we want him to be more successful. That's all. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's like having a husband and a boyfriend. It's like you love them both, but, you know, you have to stay with the husband. That's that's the deal. All right. Uh, Brandon just had her face. Um, no. So Richards that came in and got over 100 yards and a touchdown as well, as well last week. In good. In good matchups, I think Richard could be a good flex. I do like him. As Brandon said, that's her guy. I get it. But not against the Redskins. I will not speak of Cordero Patterson, so don't even ask me questions about him in week three. I will not have it. I would like to remind you he had 0.7 fantasy points in week one. Okay? So stop it. Every year with this guy, I swear he follows me. Whatever team I'm covering, that man is there. Mm. Anyways, uh, Michael Crabtree, love, 
Great game. I have him ranked higher than Cooper, and the matter of the fact is, is Cooper is listed as questionable. He's sore with a knee injury. I would like to make that the only reason why Crabtree is ranked higher than Cooper, but it's not. Crabtree just is is able to get open. He's able to make big plays. He's not even a boomer bust player when it comes to big plays. He just gets it done. Michael Crabtree is a must start. Cooper is a must start. When he's if if he's playing, he's in your lineup. We still have him ranked in the top twenty, so let's not kid ourselves. All right, I'm not going to lie. Jared Cook was a bad call last week. I get it. I get it. I will admit it. <sighs> I said, I will omit it is what I wrote, but I will omit it too. Um, but he's still seen targets more than Cooper last week. And the Redskins just don't like covering tight ends. So I'm going to say it's possible that he could have a good week. And if he does not, I will never utter his name again on this show for the rest of the year. Jared Cook will be ex Nate if he does not to get over I will say seven fantasy points this week, which is more than a lot of tight ends because this is why I hate tight ends. And the Redskins defense is on the bench. I'm sorry, the Oakland Raiders are on the bench. But let me just tell you, it's not them. It's it, This is, okay, we're getting into Washington Redskins territory, and this is very upsetting. Brayden has Kirk Cousins ranked at number nine. I don't know what she was drinking before she did her rankings um, because there's just no way – and hell that he deserves to be there. I would rather play Josh McCowan <laughs> than Kirk Cousins right now. It is looking you you stop. I yourself. just dropped him in a couple leagues. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's available in our family league. And it is looking like Jordan Reed's injuries are pretty serious. And without Reed, Cousins security blanket is gone, you guys. He even threw for over 200 yards, not not alone for not just not even a touchdown. He hasn't no it just it's stop. Just stop it. We all wanted it to happen. It's not happening. Ha- happening. It's like AP. All right. I'll drop AP if we all drop Kirk Cousins to our second quarter. Well, I already dropped Kirk Cousins. Does that mean you're dropping AP this week? Still too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Okay. Week four. Okay. Week four. Uh, sleepers. I'm wow. putting. I'm putting Chris Thompson as a sleeper and as not a starter. And this is the deal. Best production ever. And I totally get that. But he had 77 yards and two touchdowns off of three carries. I get it. The production's there. But three carries isn't enough for me to feel, like, super confident in putting my running back to position. I'm sorry. It's just – that's just unnormal. So I'm going to hold off for a moment, put him in my flex, enjoy him there, uh, and just temper your expectations for him. Rob Kelly is listed as questionable with a rim injury. I can't imagine the Redskins putting him in on the field if they don't need to, right? Because they have that darn Samaji P. Ryan um, that just likes to tickle himself in occasionally. Nothing big. You don't start him. You don't pick him up. But he's just there. He's just available. Um, and as for Terrell Pryor and Jameson Crowder, I'm sorry. You can't trust either one of these guys until – Cousins starts to play and I own Crowder in every single one of my leagues. So this is very tough for me to say. I don't think either one of them are any more than a flex at this point. It is what it is. The Redskins defense is on the bench, but they actually haven't been that bad this year. They've actually been decent. It's just a really bad matchup. So therefore the Redskins defense is on the bench. All right. Last game of week three, Dallas Cowboys, the Arizona Cardinals. 
This one could actually be interesting. Um, Dak Prescott, he suffered an ankle injury last week's game. Uh, he is allegedly doing well and will be able to play, so I'm not too concerned. Um, he's 30 of 50 passes for 238, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. It was an okay day, not a great day. But with no run game, that's not entirely surprising. Um, so play him if you need to. Cole Beasley, you know, he caught four of eight, but only for 33 yards. It's not enough to be a starter. It's not enough to really be a flyer either. Production is just not there. Jason Witten, though, Courtney, is, is week four when you're going to swallow your pride and admit that Jason Witten is a good tight end option? No, it's just more reasons why I hate tight ends. Okay. Um, he's one of the best. Yeah. Right. Ever, year, ever. Year. I get it. He's one of the best ever. I understand that. But it's just I, frustrating. I'm going to go ahead and say even this year right now. Number one scoring is, tight end. Yeah. He's the guy. Here's the thing. Here's, and here's what I've been saying is that he just seems to have good chemistry with Dak Prescott right now. He was targeted 13 times. 13 times. And he caught 10 of them for 97 yards and a touchdown. Um you know, it's it's an average mashup. But again, Olsen owners out there, go get Jason Witten. Go get him. He's had 156 yards the past two games and a touchdown in each of them. This is what you were looking for out of a tight end. So go get him. Des Bryant had a, the bounce back we were looking for. Seven catches on 15 targets. Not great. 59 yards at a touchdown. So it wasn't amazing. The touchdown did save your night. Um, but the targets are there. He's had 24 targets the past two games. This is going to work itself out. I feel okay about it. Ezekiel Elliott had a horrible game. Horrible. Like I knew that he'd get less against the Broncos, but I thought he'd get more than like eight yards. I mean, absolutely outrageous. He will bounce back. I don't think he's going to have two bad weeks. Um, yeah, so it should be an easier matchup. It's not going to be a cakewalk, but again, and just quick notes. Well, we have to seem to always update on the legal status here. The NFL's motion to, uh, to stay the preliminary injunction um, was denied. So, uh, that is at least good news for Ezekiel Elliott owners. On to the Cardinals. John Brown is expected to miss week three. Uh, it does not look hopeful, according to Bruce Arians. So get him out of your lineups if you ever had him in your lineups. Chris Johnson must just be on the Arizona Cardinals speed dial. Because you got to love that the guy was not even on the team. They call him up, they sign him, and he was clearly the lead back. So I so don't know what... I don't know what deal they have going on here, but they're just like doot, 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 speed dial Chris Johnson and boom, he's the lead back when uh, David Johnson goes down. So he uh, rushed 11 times for 44 yards. He was by far and away the best looking of the backs. Uh, Andre Ellington, he rushed twice for 11 yards, but he at least had three or five targets for 12. He's kind of pass catching back. Um, Kerwin Williams, who was a hot waiver wire pickup, certainly disappointed with only 22 yards. So, uh, I don't love any of these guys. It's not an option where I would be looking. Perhaps more disappointing, though, is Larry Fitzgerald, three of six for only 21 yards. Um, he did have an end zone target by Chris Palmer, but it, it was just thrown a little too behind him. So he, my biggest issue is he was out-targeted by the other receivers. John Brown was targeted 11 times, J.J. Nelson seven times, and Nelson like completely went off. He had 120 yards <laughs> and a touchdown and was like, this close to having a second touchdown uh, and Jerome Brown had 73 yards. So I'm just not loving this situation. You know, Carson Palmer at least had a decent game. He was 332 yards and a touchdown, um, one interception, but you know, it doesn't need to look pretty for fantasy. So if, if you need a deep, deep sleeper, I'm okay with it. 
All right. Awesome. Well, that's week three for you guys. Thanks again to our sponsors, HelloFresh.com. Enter her FFB30 to get $30 off your first order and to draft. Enter HFF to get a free entry into draft. Or you can go to playdraft.com. Also, you can chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB for all your last minute questions on Sunday morning. We're there. We're available. You can also catch us on SiriusXM Fantasy Network uh, Saturday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern. And uh, other than that, good luck. May, may the draft gods be with you because we're in week three, people. It's time to drop those who we do not want to drop AP. Ugh, we're there. Until next time, no more faking it. <laughs>